All right, so we have before us uh, probably uh, the most famous painting in the world, uh, the Mona Lisa. Uh, and uh, Mona Lisa is undoubtedly uh, one of the like rare paintings that I think almost everybody in the world knows. Um, I, I don't, I even, I, I would have to say, unless you're living in some very remote area, you probably know about this. So it, it, unless if you're in an industrialized area, you probably know the Mona Lisa because it's been around for hundreds of years and uh, Leonardo da Vinci and this and that, all that kind of stuff. But here's the question that I want to pose on you, which I think is important. And we're going we're gonna to get to the chiropractic twist with this uh, in a moment. Here's the question is, um, and this is the question of the ages and it's been asked uh, for uh, millennia uh, now. Uh, what is Mona Lisa thinking right now? What is she thinking? This is, I think, is a very important question. What is she thinking? So uh, you, you look at this and it looks like, like okay, here's, here's the, the real question, the over, overarching question is, is she smiling? Right, is she smiling? Uh, okay, so some people say, I read here, I read once that she said she was sad about losing a baby. Um, <laughs> Alex, I don't think that she's probably saying that, but that's interesting. Um, yeah, she looks unamused, unimpressed. Um, is he done? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> that's good. William, I hadn't thought about that. It's a half smile. It looks kind of forced. It's a shy smile, a fake smile. Yeah, that's good, Mackenzie. That's good. See, because um, uh, what I want you guys to think about with this is um, maybe she's grimming or hiding something. Yes, yes. So, uh, <laughs> I've been sitting here for six sets of three hours. Yes, you're right. It took. Remember, these aren't photographs, right? Back in the 1600s or 1500s, whenever this was painted, um, she she's you know sad to sit there for hours at a time, right? Not moving and stuff. Um, you know, we I, we listen. I just watched the Hulu uh, series Picasso um, uh, with uh, Antonio Banderas, and you know when you're sitting, uh, you, you're you just have to sit there and sit there and sit there for hours at a time, you know, to, to get a, a painting done. Um, could be sad, could be happy, smiling. It's it, kind of like a smile. But here's what I want to get at is that there's two or three real kinds of smiles, right? There's there's like your so little smirk kind of thing. And then there's like the social smile where you're smiling, but your face doesn't really show it, right? So like you're sort of smiling, but you're not really smiling. And then there's the big social smile. When you have a big social smile, now your eyes crinkle and your your lips go up and your face kind of smushes a little bit. And you know, so like when you're laughing and smiling, you you have a there's a real smile, like the true social smile. Why is that important when it comes down to dealing with kids, especially on the spectrum? Why is that important? Because kids on the spectrum don't get this. Right, uh, kids on the spectrum have a real hard time with a social kind of a smile. So when when they're like yesterday, I was dealing with a child um, on the spectrum, many of them, but one in particular, and uh, he was very happy, you know, kid. Um, and but like if you say to him, like you ask him a question, right? He's got to think of that answer, right? And he's coming through, and it's it's. By getting him adjusted in the last month or so, now he's started to kind of get how to have a conversation. It's really interesting because when I first met him, he wouldn't look at me. He was behind his mom. He was so afraid. 
And now, well, even when he first comes in, he smiles, but it's very interesting because his face and his eyes don't match the smile, right? So he smiles with just his mouth like this, but his eyes don't react, right? But that's going to come because in the beginning, he didn't even have a, have a, like a, his smile was like a growl, like just baring of teeth, right? And now he smiles and at least this is going up, but nothing's happening here, right? So, but, but that's coming, right? And what does that mean is the vagus nerve is turning on, right? Ultimately, that means the vagus nerve is turning on because the vagus nerve is the, is the nerve that's really in control of your socialization, of your social engagement, right? We've talked about that a lot in some of my other classes. Um, this is really a vagus nerve thing. So when we look at Mona Lisa, right, I think it's so interesting because I look at her face and it seems, right, the polyvagal theory, right, exactly. So, so if we look at Mona Lisa's face and is she having a social smile? Like, is this a super happy smile? Right? No, this is not a, a super happy smile. This is, this is sort of like, a, like some of you guys are saying, it might be a smile, it could be a smirk, you know, her eyes are not giving <clears throat> the true crinkles and stuff. Now, let's talk about that. Back then in the, you know, whatever Renaissance era she was in, right? Exactly. She's pretending to smile. Back then in the Renaissance era, you weren't supposed to have big smiles. Like here, you, you know, in today's day and age, um, you know, you see big, huge smiles with big grins and eyes crinkling and face all, you know, lit up and stuff. But that's really not what they were taught to do back then, Right. So that's an important thing to understand. But let's think about this also. And let's, once again, let's look more at this painting here. Um, what is her social status? What would you say is Mona Lisa's social status? You know, is she, is she an aristocrat, middle class? Hard to say if it's middle class or, or impoverished, hard to say right? Very hard to say. However, because she doesn't have like all the extra filigree and royalty would, would have, but she's got to be pretty wealthy because back then she has this sash around her, right? Her hair is nicely done, right? There's no dirt under her nails, um, right? So we look at that, but then look at the background. Like that's the one, to, to me, one of the most interesting things about this particular portrait is the background does the background kind of make sense to, not that it's, it, it's not a good background, but does it, like, I look at the background of Mona Lisa, and I'm like, where is she? Yeah, as a one thing I, I, I've often looked at with Mona Lisa, saying, why is she where she is? It looks like she's, like, some, on some hilltop looking down, and there's a road, you know, there on the left-hand side and stuff. It's, it's, it isn't like a typical, right, it isn't like a typical portrait. Um, it's not Niagara Falls. <laughs> I don't know if they'd even, uh, if they had actually found Niagara Falls yet. Obviously, the Native Americans did, but I don't think they even found Niagara Falls back when this was painted. Um, it's just, this whole thing is very interesting, right? So, so let's contrast. So here's this Mona Lisa, right? Classic painting, probably one of the most famous paintings in the world. And now the next painting is a very different painting indeed. Um, and let's see uh, what you guys think of this one. So, do you know who this artist is? One of the most famous artists from the uh, 20th century. 
it is quite chaotic. He's one of the most famous, and this is one of his most famous paintings. This, and I love the name of this painting, it's called Convergence. Uh, so this is actually Jackson Pollock. For those of you who are unfamiliar with art history, this is Jackson Pollock. He uh, uh, actually got Picasso quite upset because Picasso was like, wait a second, you know, he's taking modern art to a whole different place, right? Because he's, Picasso's doing the cubism, surrealism kind of stuff, and now he's doing this drip painting um, where the, I don't know if you've ever seen a Picasso if you, uh, or uh, at Pollock, but if you ever go to like the Museum of Modern Art or the Guggenheim or whatever, you'll see these giant canvases, like just huge, enormous, you know, foot campuses, uh, canvases. Um, and what he used to do is he used to put it on the floor and he would just kind of drip around it and throw paint. And, and actually there's pieces that there's not, you can't see it in here, uh, but in the middle there's actually a match. So sometimes you put matches or cigarettes or coins or whatever. And, but, so, but what do you feel when you look at this painting? Do you feel something? Does anybody feel something? N negative or positive? What do you feel when you look at a Jackson Pollock painting? Right? When, when I look at a Jackson Pollock painting, yeah, now some, isn't that interesting? Some of you guys feel positive. Some of you guys, some of you guys make your heart beat faster. Some of it feels like life to me. Exactly, some of it's chaos. Some of it, some people love it. Uh, I think it's really cool. Uh, it's like an adventure, I agree. I, that's what I really love about, uh, thank you, positive. I, that's what I really love about modern art is there's so many interpretations and none of them are wrong, right? So you look at this and you, like I, one, one thing I will tell you that I feel out of this, uh, maybe just kind of graffiti, like I hadn't thought of that. That's interesting. Um, but one thing that I think is so important about this painting is that it, it evokes an emotion of some sort, right? The Mona Lisa, as beautiful as it is and as amazingly detailed as it is, is just kind of like a photograph and there's nothing, I mean, even though it's special because uh, it's Da Vinci and it's special because it's so old and famous and actually, has anybody actually seen it? Like, my, I haven't seen a person, my wife uh, went to Louvre to see it. She says it's quite small. It's like this, you know, itty bitty little thing. Yeah, Chelsea, thanks. It, that, that's what everybody says. It's way smaller than you'd, look, you'd expect it to be. Um, especially with how famous it is. But, like, I don't get a huge emotion. Yes, there's so many people staring at us. I've heard that too. That's what my wife said. Um, so th there's so many people standing around, you really can't see it. But when you look at it, like, yes, I'm sure you can get emotion from it, but this painting, to me, I look at it and I feel something, right? I feel energy. Uh, I feel like even though that there's chaos around it, I feel there's order in the chaos, right? And almost like when you talk about um, like electrons or protons and neutrons and floating in the a shell and each one of the shell, like, you know, here's hydrogen with one, you know, and helium with two. That's how I kind of feel when I see this. I, f I think this is kind of like the essence of life. Like if you went microscopically deeper and deeper and deeper, you know, you would find this sort of disorderly order, this, you know, unchaotic chaos. Um, and what does he say here? Some guy came into the studio and was insulting Pollock and talking about how anyone could have done this. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, I believe it. I believe it. You, you, I don't think anybody could have done this, right? Now I know, like, I when when uh, my 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 son uh, was studying art um, when he was younger, 
Uh, we actually studied Pollock. We made our own Jack Jackson Pollock like painting that we have hanging up. But it's not like this. We don't the, the energy and the, the that we feel in this is so amazing. And the, the, to me, the key that I want to bring out in this whole thing is that this is chiropractic, right? This is chiropractic. The essence of chiropractic is looking at looking at Mona Lisa, right? And looking at and this is what we see, right? And we see ex we're getting exactly what we see. This is what he saw, right? To some degree, he gives a visual portrayal of what, you know, what he saw. But with Jackson Pollock in this painting, we don't know what he was thinking, right? We don't know what he was seeing, but we get the feeling. And chiropractic is kind of putting both of those together. The patient comes in, right? Here they are, and we, we can see them, but there's all this stuff underneath, and that's what, to me, the Pollock, you know, Jackson Pollock stuff is, is all this other stuff underneath that we have to uncover. You know, can we uncover what's truly underneath? 